It's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off the limit for these potty mouth found mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No, no. holes barred. Hello. Hello, Laura. I was waiting for you to say, like, so, uh, uh, cause, uh, 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 sorry, what happened? You all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's always me, because uh, I obviously do the edit, don't I? It's always my little... <laughs> so change it up. We like a bit of variety. I always say hello first, but... Well, I don't. Like... I like structure. I don't like yeah. change. <laughs> Let's start again. I can't cope. I, can't I, won't, be able to, I won't be able to record. <laughs> um, how are you, Laura? Well, Vic, I survived a sleepover at the weekend with a five-year-old and a six-year-old. Oh, my God. I haven't done a sleepover yet. Mm. Well, yeah, not technically. Was it like a party sleepover? Well, it was just a friend. Charles a friend. So they came to your friend. house. Mm-hmm. How yeah. did it go? At half past ten when I was in bed and I was begging them to go to sleep. <laughs> I was really tired Oh my god Half past ten Fucking hell I know And they shared a bed Which was so adorably cute Yeah Yeah But also at the same time I was like Shit And let's yep. make it ah. Ah. Like every time They made a noise I was like ah, ah. I can hear you <laughs> <laughs> Every time They fucking moved I was like ah, Go to sleep ah, Go to sleep <gasps> uh, And then um, They woke up At half past six In the morning yeah, standard, mate. My kids actually had a late night the other night, which no, is so out of me, that of, my, of you, my character. Yeah. I'm like, mm, no way, still not there yet for that bad time. But I gave Edith, we're going to ride to our friend's house, and I gave Edith a late nap, um, deliberately, thinking otherwise we'd have to fucking leave it about half past five, and we weren't getting there till three. Yeah. So yeah, I had a little drive around, she went to sleep, hand on one of those for ages, classic car nap. Yeah. Uh, and she slept for about an hour in the car. Woke up at three, so we didn't get home till half past eight. Ooh. I know. Was your anxiety bad? Were you chill about it? I was all right about it actually, because I could tell that she wasn't sleepy yet. Oliver's more flexible; he can kind of go either way. But mm. they, it did sort of start to hit that point. You know, we were we were at someone's house, and there was six kids there, and they just all started to turn a little bit and go yeah. a bit bonkers. Um, Because everyone was over their bedtime But you know what I felt like Oh my god I'm so I'm cool and easy liberated mama You're like You're like me (laughs) I know You're just like so So chill about all of it (laughs) Well we had We had Toby's friend here Until 6pm on the Saturday And Toby was such a bastard Because obviously He was so fucking exhausted It's now 10 past 6 We were like Oh my goodness It's bedtime Toby Oh my god and he was asleep by 6 30. So <laughs> yeah. that 20 minute window, and he didn't wake up until half past eight the following morning. Well, that's that's exactly what so my mine were both little bastards on Sunday after the late night. Yeah. And then just had a really hard day with them. And then they were both asleep. Well, actually, all of a little bit later, but Edith was asleep by 20 past six. She was mm. knackered. Toby never goes to sleep at half six. It's it was a it was a much needed requirement. Oh, I love it. I love a 6.30 mm. bedtime. I don't know why, but I felt like my, my evening was so much longer. Yeah, it, do, it does. It definitely feels luxurious, doesn't it? Mm. And then you're like, what time is it? Oh, my God. It's only kind of to seven. It's amazing. But the thing <gasps> that, that's it. hilarious is the following day he woke up. And I'm not kidding you, Vic, when I say he's never done this in his life. So don't get jealous because I was actually, obviously, 
an anxious parent, so I was worried something horribly wrong was was wrong with him. He didn't actually get out of his bed until one o'clock in the afternoon. What? I know. Was he just chilling in there? He was laying in his bed and he was watching the tablet. And I was like, should we, should we get up now, buddy? He was like, I don't want to get up, mommy. I was like, okay, no worries. Can I brush your teeth? Please leave me alone. And I'm like, okay. Can we get dressed? You know, I'm like, I am Is concerned. this okay? <laughs> Has he got oh. appendicitis? Has he got a temperature? Yeah. No. Do you need a poo? Are you constipated? Have you got a urine <laughs> infection? Do you have a headache? Maybe he's got meningitis. <laughs> Steve's like... This is not normal, Steve. (laughs) He ate everything in his bed. He just didn't want to get out of his bed. And he's never done that, ever. I mean, it sounds bloody brilliant. Well, it wasn't because I was just in a perpetual sort of state of complete fear that he was going to (laughs) die. Well, Rob is on your page of being the uber sort of concerned, paranoid parent about everything. He's very health and safety conscious. But we went to um, one of their little friends had a birthday party yesterday, but it was horse riding. Oh God, that's Rob's nightmare. It was he. He was so tense, like his yeah. face, but he he held it together. He tried not to project his fear onto the kids, mm. and we were both like, "There's no way that they're going to go on these horses," but they did, oh. and they loved it. Oh my God, Edith looks so cute. I can only imagine with one of those little helmets on, <laughs> with a little dot of a head with that gigantic oh. bloody helmet on, and they put her on a Shetland pony. Oh. <laughs> Probably about, I don't know, three centimetres high, this horse. It was absolutely <laughs> tiny. And then they got to groom them first and then on that. And she was a bit nervous at first, but she was cracking up. She was just like plodding along, holding on. She was just going, I'm riding a horse. I'm riding a horse. <laughs> she just sang the whole way around. <laughs> Crack me up. They loved it. Um, we we did something summer when we were we went to Centre Parks, Belgium, and the kids got to have a free horse ride. Yeah. And like you, old well, like Rob, anxious Annie. So I had Toby because I felt like Steve would not be able to adequately look after Toby while walking this very small track. And I was right, Vic, because (laughs) I was in front with Toby, probably the same age as Edith, and he walked, he, he somehow managed to let the fucking horse that Elliot was on walked straight into a tree and it wasn't just a normal tree it was like a low tree so there were just like loads of branches and Elliot was in the branch and the fucking branch was stuck on his helmet I was like Steve he was like he's not listening to me I'm like well fucking make him listen that's our child (laughs) well you know what we had guides but um I found this I mean not that I've been to like millions of horse stables but it was really weird because all of the guides were like Seven. They were just really oh young. No, mate, that's just your age. <laughs> when you get to an age, that's what Steve says. It's like, I'm old or they're young. I'm like, no, no babe, you're no, old. No, they were honestly, they were like teenagers. Is that what you Tweens. call them? Like 12 and 13. That's how young they are. Like, and there was two whole riding my, like, um, leading Edith's horse. And they were just having a conversation. They didn't, they didn't even want to fucking talk to me because I'm old and boring. But literally, the girl, like, turned around, looked at Edith and said to the other one, she was like, oh my God, this is so boring. <gasps> Little cunt. Singing that. I'm riding a horse just over and over again for like 25 minutes. The girl's like, oh my God, that's so annoying. You know, that would activate my mum rage. This is another thing I want to tell you about. 
I have really bad like protective mama bear syndrome. Yeah, I know. What, I thought I just thought it's funny because they were like talking about TikTok. I was like, you, you two are idiots. You, you, you two just are cops. young idiots who young don't know full of Enjoy- Well, no, I hope not. So only twelve or thirteen. Oh yeah, good boy. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> You know, oh god, that'll count. Let's that's it. <laughs> I just, I get the mum rage so bad. I'm like, oh, I can that's, smell yeah. a child that's in danger. That's like the, they're a threat. That's my superpower. These little twonks, they weren't a threat. They were just, you know, being eleven and twelve year olds, not full of cum, not full of cum. <laughs> Should we do a little tidy up time? Oh, have you got a tidy up? I've got a tidy up. Oh, lovely. Uh, it's quite a nice one as well. I thought this is this is a significant one, so we'll we'll share this. So here we go. Good. Hello, slags. Firstly, oh my god, I love you too. I wish oh, there thanks. was such a thing as podcast when my daughter was a baby. Would have made life a shitload easier. So I wanted to get in touch as I'm loving you, ladies, talking about that motherfucker called the menopause. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Having had a full hysterectomy six years ago in my late thirties due to years of undiagnosed endometriosis fucking up my repro system. And my mum dying the year before of ovarian cancer. It was the best option for me. Having my ovaries removed, I went into surgical menopause. Stupidly, I didn't do much research, as even though it was only a few years ago, there wasn't much available other than medical talk. I assumed I would have a few hot flushes, take some HRT, and all would be good. Boy, oh boy, how wrong was I? It's only recently that I've finally found someone to listen to me, and I had to go private. Fucking so annoying, isn't it? Um, I've had years of low mood, weight gain, shitty sleep, fatigue, and just generally feeling 143 rather than 43. Other ladies try to help with, well, that didn't happen to me. I was stripping wallpaper two weeks after my op or hot oh, flushes aren't that hell. bad. Great. It's the same thing with motherhood, isn't it? It it's is, exactly I know. Thing, like, it's like oh, that pissing that contest that's really not helpful. Stop fucking doing it. Don't demean my experience of it because my yeah. experience of it is completely different to yours. It's important to invalidate anyone's experience. It took not me invalidate. Having... Did I say invalidate? I meant validate. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It, it took me having a breakdown due to it all to realise I needed to get some answers. Spoke to a private GP, spent 20 minutes on the phone to her crying and snotting for her to spend time breaking down everything I said and finding a solution that would work for me. I am now three weeks into using a HR patch with a hundred times more estrogen than my HRT pill. And I can already feel a difference. Wow. That's the thing to say that the, I think, the patch and the spray seems to be far more effective than the pill. Yeah. So something about the way you absorb it directly through your skin, which is kind of mental, isn't it? You wouldn't think that just a little pump of a spray would do anything. I know somebody um, who's gone to the patch because the, the pill wasn't working. Yeah. But the, the the issue with the menopause is it's just it's more privately um, looked into than than standard GP. So you can see why women are suffering. All the fucking time Yeah With the menopause Which is why it's such a scary Fucking experience for everyone Anyway carry on For the first time In nearly six years I am not sweating as much And I actually feel cold My husband is beyond thrilled That I can now sometimes sleep Without the fan on In winter weather I now know that menopause doesn't have to be so much doom and gloom. And my advice to anyone, keep on and on and on until someone listens because you matter and your journey is for you, not what other people advise. Own it for you. Tell people that it's your journey and be open. I happily told colleagues I was hot and sweaty because I was certain they could see the beads of sweat on me, but it took away the fact I needed help. 
all you slags out there, let's be sweaty, dry fannies, hot messes together, as there is always something that will help if we just talk about it. And get your fellas in on it too. Take care, my lovelies, and keep doing your amazing job. You make my Tuesday complete. That is such a wonderful message. That's so inspiring. And also, like, can I just say thank you to her? Because that gives me hope. Because I've had serious fear over the menopause. Obviously, my mental health is appalling. So um, I have real fear about going into the menopause because I don't want to trigger another fucking breakdown. Um, So to kind of have that insight of her only confirming what I've read and that is the menopause doesn't have to be this kind of like death sentence of misery where you end up a a shriveled old miserable bitch that you know (laughs) that can't even have any joy injected into her life and it's just it's so shit because it affects it it affects a hundred percent of of women yeah yeah so it's a really horrible thing to have to go through and it's really important we talk about it because Otherwise, what are we doing? We're just kind of sitting in silence over it. So I've God, I fucking love her for sharing that. I think as well, it's it's the whole reason that we talk about everything that we talk about on here, whatever it is, it's always the stuff that people are too ashamed or embarrassed to discuss, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I know that so, so I was thinking about this because obviously the sort of thing that we do on social media can can get a reaction that's like, oh my god, you're so vulgar. I get that yeah. a lot. You're yeah, vulgar, yeah. it's disgusting. I feel so sorry for your children. All right, Karen. But the thing is, right, I really analyse this kind of shit, is that, yeah, I mean, okay, there is an element of vulgarity to a lot of the stuff I do, but actually it's those things that happen to all of us, Yeah, you know, that when they happen to you in isolation and you have no fucking clue that it happens to anyone else, it just makes you feel so isolated, like you're some sort of mad freak. Do you know what I mean? That, and that's the same for the menopause, but it is totally normal to have all of those symptoms that she said about it can affect your mood hugely. Like you're saying, that's yeah. the thing that you're worried about. Weight gain, sweating, dry minge. That is a big one, man. Yeah. That's from all my, old, my older friends have said the dry minge is insane. And also struggling to reach climax. That's the other thing of like yeah. getting, almost getting there and then not being able to actually do it. That bit will bother me as well because I just think you know what we've been it really it almost breaks my heart that as women we've got to go through that because it feels so unfair like yeah. we've been through enough haven't yeah, we no. like why are we now we've bled nearly all of our fucking life and yeah. now this. we're gonna have to fucking now go through this, this where we don't want to have sex anymore and we're miserable we but don't only if be you miserable. don't deal with it though you won't it, only if you don't take the hrt you know and hey, you, i'm getting i have I, no qualms whatsoever like I, and this is another thing as a generational thing of a lot of like women that are older that brag about the fact that they didn't need it well, mm. I just got through it without it. I'm fine. Yeah. I didn't struggle. Yeah. And it's it's the same kind of sort of bullshit illustration of what people put out on Instagram about how wonderful their lives are and how everything is great and how da 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 da. But it's not real and it's unrealistic and it's unattainable. Yeah. So it's 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 the same thing, isn't it? It's just being like kind of pushed out in a completely different way. Um, and Nadia Suala, I'm not sure if I say her name, last name correctly. So she posted on Instagram a little while ago and it was, I listened to it. She's 57, which I didn't realise. And she said about the fact that she's gone through the menopause and she's over the menopause. And she said about the fact she started taking HRT again because 
because of the impact that it's had. And she did a really open conversation. She said she went to a private doctor again yeah, yeah. to discuss it. And this private doctor broke it down to her and said, 100% of women are affected by this. What, where is the shame and why is there shame about you needing this medication? Mm. If you were a man lacking testosterone, yeah, you would be medicated immediately. But as a woman, it's completely different when our hormones just kind of drop out. I don't want to fall out of love with myself. I don't no. want to fall out of love with my vagina. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't and have also, to. This, this podcast you know, kind of putting it back out there to everybody else. This podcast has definitely helped me to feel more accepted over the silly little things. Like I used to feel ashamed if I had thrush. I used to think, oh my God, I'm such a freak. Like, why do I keep getting it? Or, you know, I'd feel gross about it. And I just think, fucking hell, I don't want to live my life like that anymore where I feel completely humiliated over stuff that is happening all the fucking times of women, we just yeah. don't talk about it. I feel I fucking love this podcast. I know, but that's why we've got to talk, and that's why it's so important we do. It's like that whole thing. It's like forget about it being vulgar. I mean, this this is vulgar, and I, I love, love it though. Every fucking second of it because we're doing the public service, Laura. We are. You sound <laughs> like Voldemort then. Oh, I'm a public service. I don't even know what he sounds like because Harry well, Potter is shit. <laughs> <laughs> is he from Harry Potter? I see. Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. Bore off. <laughs> bore, bore off. I only like the, uh, the last two uh, films of it. I don't like the rest of it. Anyway, that's anyway. neither here nor there. Thank you so much for writing that in because that's actually really wonderful for me to, to hear as well. Um, I actually have a news article and I just need to say before I read this, I personally do not like reading news articles that are very, very recent because I feel like it's, I don't know, I feel like everyone knows about it. I prefer the shock factor. So this one, I think everyone's heard, but obviously it has to be read out because it is just so fucking it's great. Mind, it's mind blowing. <laughs> and I think even people listening to it right now, are like, I know what one she's going to read out. So this is uh, an article from last week. Doctor's shock find after woman leaves object in body for four years. <laughs> oh, oh, mate. A woman who used a common household item during sexual intercourse has stunned doctors by revealing she left it in there for four years. A woman was left with a tumbler glass in her bladder for four years after erotic experience went horribly wrong and she was too embarrassed to seek help. The 45-year-old suffered multiple urinary tract infections over the years, but eventually went to hospital when the pain became too much to handle. Doctors in the Tunisian hospital performed an x-ray which showed a rectangular opaque opaque, opaque, uh, shadow in her bladder. A recent journal in Urology Case Report states... Uh, and, and fucking hell, I mean, you see the x-ray and you think, fuck my life. Well, I do, I, I'm so blown away by this. I don't understand what they you mean. Wait it's like until I tell you your size. Wait till Boy. I tell you the size. After being rushed into surgery, a giant bladder stone measuring eight centimetres by seven centimetres by eight centimetres. Fucking hell. Oh, was, my God. Was removed from her body via a... I don't know what that is. It's some kind of fucking procedure. And a glass tumbler was found inside it. Bladder stones are hard masses of minerals that normally develop when the urine is not completely empty from the bladder. But painful stones can grow around foreign objects lodged inside. 
She later told doctors that she'd inserted it into her vagina during a sexual experience four years earlier. Oh, well, fuck you. So it was in I her... Don't understand. I don't understand how it, it was in her it, vagina. How did it get to her bladder? bladder? How did that happen? That's, that can't be right. This is like, a, it's, you know, this whole idea of like Jesus Christ and confirming the fact that Jesus Christ, I don't know, who built the world? God. <laughs> God. <laughs> who built the world? Who was it? God. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm so religious. So, you know, I obviously know everything about it. But it, 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 there's, there's, there's walls. There are fucking I know. walls. Well, they're like different organs. How do you That's how do you thing. pass one from your vagina to your bladder? But there's no way she could have got that up her piss hole. No, I know. You couldn't you have swallowed it. Open it out like that, like a snake getting an I egg. I wonder if she's now like basically been entered into like sight, you know, the Yeah, definitely she is. Like a um yeah. what you call it? Like a Guinness like a record, but for weird shit in but, science. <laughs> I don't get it. I actually need to look at a diagram. I personally, mate, I sometimes feel uncomfortable when my tampon doesn't quite sit right. Yeah, I know. So to a have fucking a tumbler. Whole tumbler glass in your oh, vagina. Does, look at the circumference the... on that, Laura. I'm just yeah. showing you my glass. Right it, now. But it was that fucking size thick. It was a green one as well. It looked like it was probably a very nice glass at some point or another. <laughs> I'm gonna just, I need to have a look at it. A female. Uh, where, like, where's the bladder? Doesn't make any sense. It's just too. It is. I, mean, right I know next, it's really it is right next to your minge. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, but it's like they're, they're separate entries, obviously. Offs, yeah. And then sort of the bladder just kind of goes directly up. Whereas the yeah, but there's no goes, hole. There's no hole to no. travel to. No, it doesn't make any sense because it's, they're not even remotely connected. I have, and I it, just need to know what happened there. I know. I want to sit her down. I want to go. Come on, darling. What happened? <laughs> Tell us the truth, you dirty slag. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a fucking meteor, though. Like the stone. That, I can't imagine how painful that must have been to have lived like that for four fucking years. You. That's just never a good idea, isn't it? You'd also, no. wouldn't you just live with the fear that the uh, glass would break? At some I point, I, I wouldn't. I would be. Thing is, I'm over anxious anyway, so I'd be that person. Like, oh my god, I can't wrap my vagina. <laughs> but it says here, everything from jam jars, deodorant cans, and of course, giant dildos have been located inside various body parts, often leaving doctors stunned by how people manage to insert them into their bodies. Now, we all know about that. We've heard the story a million times over of, of things being lodged. But how the fuck did a glass, it's not a splinter, it's a fucking glass. Unless the Tunisian doctors don't know shit and it was actually inside her vagina. It can't Maybe. have been in her bladder. No. It just can't have been. Well, if, if she's had the, then she had the bladder stone, so... Yeah, maybe. but maybe it was a vagina stone. Maybe. Maybe it was a vagina stone. I've never heard of those. Shall <laughs> <laughs> so I, I Google it? Can you Rob get had a, He had bladder, bladder stones. Is that what they're called? Bladder stones. Kidney stones. Kidney stones. He had they're kidney awful. stones. Yeah, but this is before our time, but he actually thought he was dying. When oh, he, mate, when he started I started to exit. It did come out of his pee-pee hole. Oh, hello. A primary vagina stone, it is something, typically develops after surgery, trauma, neurological bladder, neurogenic bladder, vaginal stenosis, or vaginal outlet obstruction. 
Fucking hell, that's so a lot, it's a stone. It? But what is it? What's in your it vagina? Just like well, I don't know, mate. Gringe sinew. <laughs> yeah. That's flaked off. Fistule. It says fistule, which oh, makes yeah. me think of okay. a fist. Women with congenital genital oh, there's a lot of words here. Yeah. Malformations Medical. or urethra vaginal fistules are most at risk. I bet mate. that's what she had. She had a urethral vaginal fistule and it was <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, doctors. She tried to. She tried, did try to fist herself with that glass, so that makes sense. But it? It's got to have been an emenge, and they just got confused. I think so. Yeah, I think they are. I don't. I don't understand how they could medically be away that it got into the blood. It just doesn't. It's not. You know, you hear of things absorbing sense. into the body, but that that's yeah. taking the piss, isn't it? Osmosis. That's not going to happen via phalli into bladder. Gosh, you're Is so it, clever. Well, I might be wrong. Uh, do you have a story? We've got a voice recording. Would you like Ooh, to hear it? Yes, please. Let's listen to I've that. not heard, I've not listened to it yet. So this is brand new off the press. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, ladies. Um, I'm a bit behind on No Holes Bard, and I've just listened to the um, uh, nanny one, the one about the nanny that had a gross story. And I've got a really gross story from my last um nanny job oh quiet because i'm nannying just now (laughs) Uh, nanny housekeeper um i was um emptying the bin in the bathroom and like a tissue fell out of the bin onto the floor and um i picked i was like ew gross picked it up put it in the bin and then like pulled the bag the bin liner out of the bin to like get it all into the main black bin and um, a recognisable smell wafted past my nose. Oh, no. And there was, like, a load of cummy tissues <gasps> and, like, a cummy condom in the <gasps> bin. And, um... Oh, hang on. I think we've been cut off. That was part got one. another one. We've got, got part two. Up. Ready? Yeah, so there was all this cummy stuff everywhere. And then, so I had it. It was, like, everywhere and all over my hands. Oh, <gasps> no! I was like, this is disgusting. I had to wash my hands about 20 times and I was scrubbing it with a scourer. It was the most revolting thing ever I've ever experienced. (laughs) But you know what's even more fucking hilarious? Obviously, she's nannying and she... But you know what? She actually then sent a message saying, my boss walked in while I was recording this and I had to tell (laughs) What did he say? I don't know if she hasn't said. So it won't be it won't be the jizzy boss. It'll just be another boss. Well, let's fucking hope so. Imagine if it is the jizzy boss. Imagine if she had to say to the jizzy boss, I'm so sorry, I got your cum all over my hands. That's taken Nanny into a shit level, isn't it? The thing is, right, I I do really shot his load, must I do employ a cleaner. And uh, who I love, she's the love of my life, Michelle. And uh, if I if I know that there's going to be anything rank in like a bin or something, I would what, take like a it cummy out. tissue. Yeah, like a cummy tissue. Obviously, never happens in this house. But yeah, we don't come into tissues. No. Obviously, I don't. No, I, but I think that she said there's a condom in there as well. So maybe they just oh like yeah, I guess obviously the, we're the condom. We're free of the condom life we are now, aren't we? Free of the sheet. Condom free list swags. <laughs> <laughs> you never have sex so it's totally pointless um, <laughs> i just masturbate all the time <laughs> yeah i would remove it 
out of yes, respect. I mean, I would. I can't. And I'm just an overthinker generally, anyway. So yeah. the the thought, the sheer thought of having anything like that would just break me. Yeah. It would break me. I worry about my neighbours hearing us having sex sometimes. I mean, that's how conscientious I am. You know, what's really strange, I mean, this is kind of deviating from this story a little bit, but um, I swear to God, one of my sex toys has gone missing. <gasps> and I really think, I mean, how, I don't know how you deal with this, but I am slightly concerned that there oh, was God. a build, one of the builders was a bit pervy. No. And I just, I'm like so no. paranoid that he's Oh my dear, no. Oh no, Vic. I mean, oh how, my god. Yeah, but what do you do in that situation? You can't do anything, mate. How can, can you, you turn around and go, um, did Pissy Patrick touch <laughs> one of my toys? Oh my god. I mean, I would recommend them because they're, you know, would trained. you? They're skills. Would the skills renovation. <laughs> because I don't want them in my house now. The tradesmanship is impeccable, but they they might snuffle a, a, a sex toy. You know what? We had a builder that was in our house and he was doing our bathroom. It's not the builder we use now because he's my best friend and that would be obviously really awkward. And he was working on our bathroom and I came home one day and he was in our bedroom. Really? Yeah. And I was like, what? Why? Why have you? Why have you been in my bedroom? He was like, because the radio is not working properly. And he did act shady. And Vic, the worst thing is a dirty pair of my pants, like proper, like slug fucking slug slug, infestation. And gone. No, was on the floor. Blazingly out on the floor. So he would have walked in, seen that pair of pants. And then, and then maybe, also, in fact, maybe that was what caught his eye. That's what, what drew him yeah. into the bedroom in the first place. He spotted them shimmering in the sunlight. <laughs> he, did, he did end up being fucking creepy as shit. I was terrified by the end. Oh, God. Yeah, like I thought, I was, like to the point where Sue said, if he shows up at the house, you just call 999. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really bad. Oh, that's, that's really why we creepy. only use Dale now. Dale Herridge, if anyone's in the local Hampshire area, he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not nice. It so was really, really, I can't creepy. confirm that that is the case, but you know, you're like, hmm, I don't know. That doesn't look great on him. No. Imagine it. Imagine if you find it years to come. I probably will. Because it's like when I, I lost my glasses, I've lost so many things. I lost two car keys, didn't I? You did lose two car keys. And you're blaming a builder for taking one of your dildos. Fucking hell. I better go checked out, actually. It might have made its way into my bladder. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, well, that was, I like that one. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Please send us more voice notes. The voice notes are great. I love hearing your voices. Great. Yeah. Because it's their reaction to the situation as well is just makes it, I, know, I feel like I'm living it for real. Living yeah. it for real. Um, should we have an agony on? Yes, let's do it. All right. Hi, Slags. First of all, thank you both for the amazing soul-saving podcast. Never underestimate the good you are doing to all us mums struggling through this thing we called parenthood. That's lovely. Oh, that is lovely because I've been on a right wobble about everything recently. I think so wobbles are normal. Nice. We have to validate the normal normality of a wobble, don't we? Yeah, it's okay. So yeah. It's a human condition that we all suffer with. Just a lot of people don't talk about it. Anyway, so... <laughs> So, last March, I finally decided to leave my husband. 
we have a nearly six-year-old autistic son together. After several years of, oh, sorry, after several years of coercive control, emotional abuse, and total inability to provide any kind of emotional support, I had well and truly had enough. The straw that broke the camel's back was him telling me that he didn't find me attractive anymore because of my weight. At that time, I was a size fourteen, hardly overweight, but not the point. What? Yeah, Fucking yeah. and seeing no wrong in it because that's a fact. After five months of having to live together, separated, both barrel of laughs, I tell you, a total barrel of laughs, I tell you. So they were separated, but the six months, the five months of having to live together, separated. I okay, bought my own hard. house, went back to work and set up a camp for me and my little boy. He sees his dad a lot. He's not, uh, he's not a bad dad, just a hideous husband. I decided to dip my toe in the waters of online dating again as I felt I was ready. I'd fallen out of love with my husband years before and hadn't met my needs for God knows how long. So I felt like being single for the, this is the first time I felt like I had been single for a very long time. I got back to the saddle after a few months in my new house and had a few shags and started to feel better about myself. Then went on a lovely day and met a new guy. Things were going really well. We had lots of sexual chemistry, lots of great banter and flirting, and there was never an awkward silence. I was having the sex of my life. Things were going so well. It wasn't as serious as such. Just seeing each other once or twice a week. No plans to introduce our kids, just taking things slowly. By Christmas, we were seeing each other for three months and booked a cheeky weekend away for March, when we, which we were both really looking forward to. He sent me flowers, chocolates on my birthday after I ended up getting stuck isolated with COVID. He always bought round bottles of wine and insisted on paying for everything whenever we were out. I went to stay at his home with my son after he, we got COVID a few weeks after me. He sent me a bottle of wine through Deliveroo sponsored me a charity walk, generally being lovely and thoughtful, things I had never experienced in 36 years on this planet. I'm a very laid back, down to earth, low maintenance person. I'm chilled out and I don't think or overanalyze anything except for when it comes to men. I have a lot of trauma from previous relationships and have been treated badly by men. I have a huge fear of abandonment and seeking validation for all the wrong reasons. I over obsess and overanalyze every text, every contact, find it very hard to chill about dating a new person. In practice, I'm not being a total loon, texting and calling them and being needy. It's all in my head. It's totally different from either other part of my personality. Anyway, we've got to five, the five month mark. And honestly, I think I've fallen in love with this guy. I have been so happy Aww. and I feel like myself again for the first time in years. I feel free and liberated and I'm totally enjoying life. And then, oh God, it's a week before we're supposed to be going away for the weekend and bam, totally out of the blue, he ends things. Says that he doesn't like, doesn't see things progressing to a long-term relationship for us and sees us more like friends. This guy fucked me on my kitchen worktop a week before because he literally couldn't wait to get me to the bedroom. And fuck me, I was absolute, I am absolutely heartbroken. I don't get it. It came out of nowhere and it makes no sense to me. Since then, I've fallen into a pit of panic and anxiety. I've been having panic attacks. I can't eat or sleep. If it wasn't for my son, I'm not sure how I would be functioning. Now I know this is totally disproportionate reaction for a five-month relationship breakdown, but I literally cannot stop it. I feel physical symptoms of anxiety constantly, and I feel sad. As, I feel so sad as well. My hands are shaking. I'm a bloody mess. My eyes are like pistols in the sand from crying. She just goes on to say, like, basically, thanks for reading. And please do us a favor and do a live tour. 
I will be in front row with my besties the minute you do. I feel so, Aww. I'm so fucking sorry. Every, she said that. No, I, I'm saying I'm so fucking oh. sorry. Everyone tells me I'm so strong and I will get through this. And yes, I will. But I'm just so fed up of having to get through this. I can really relate to that feeling as well. I feel like I've had enough now. I deserve to just pootle through life without the shit that constantly gets shoved my way. You know what? Like, I can re- I can resonate with everything she's feeling because although it's not necessarily about, uh, you know, relationship breakdown, it's the abandonment issue. It's mm. that feeling of... Yeah. But why me? Why why is this happening to me? I hurt and I don't want to hurt anymore. I, I've had a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, like I feel like this would actually, this is a perfect agony answer for you. Because like you said, although it's about abandonment, it, it's it's different because it is, it's like because of someone else, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like there's no control. There's no control. And for it to be so unexpected like that, I, I've been in that situation before. Mm. And um yeah, with one one guy in particular who I really did think was like the dream person that I would end up with long term. Really? Yeah. And uh, even though, you know, he he came with a lot of issues, but how I felt about him was so sort of intoxicating, I suppose. Yeah. Um, not just sexually, it was like, you know, I, I really loved him. I really, really fucking loved him. And he fucking broke my heart so badly. So he ended things with you? Was it like quite sudden or? Well, yeah. I mean, the circumstances are a bit different because it, it wasn't sudden. I think he was just very complicated. He was a very complicated person. Right. So, but it, he would just abruptly drop me, but then pick me back up again and then drop oh, me. Right. And then okay. it went so on and off was... and on and off. It wasn't like, you know, it was that which is yeah is really hard because then you're just completely scuppered by it and you're like yeah. you never know where you stand and you're always worried that it's going to happen any second whatever yeah and in the end I ended it because I couldn't handle it and I I saw I think I fell out of love with him a little bit because he was horrible but anyway that feeling of heartbreak and it being so consuming mm. and just feeling like actual physical pain from the hurt and it doesn't matter that it's only five months that, that makes no, no, I know the time doesn't make two any weeks. difference if yeah. you feel an emotional attachment to somebody you you can't deny that emotional attachment because it's yeah. not been as long it doesn't matter no and it's like you know when I met Rob I knew within two weeks that I wanted to be with him so you know time mm. doesn't really I don't think he's a reflection of your connection no. to someone at all um, and actually people are together for like 15 years and don't even really love each other. So yeah, yeah, fuck that. And that kind of, you know, maybe that is like a knock-on effect of what she's gone through because she's gone through a marriage breakdown with a guy that obviously wasn't particularly nice to her, and she had fallen out of love with him. So she'd already gone past that heartache, and there was probably a level of relief, thank God it's over. Yeah. To then roll forward to now where you know, she's actually had a true connection with someone for the first time in a long fucking time. And also him treating her better than anyone else has ever treated her. Like and her, then yeah, that to be suddenly taken chemistry. away. Yeah. It's, it's fucking horrible. Heartache is horrible. Mm. And it can take you to the absolute pits of despair and mm. just affects everything. Yeah. I, I've, I, I've probably spent, 
I think it took me a long time to get over. I've had I've like the heart, the different heartbreak that I've had. I've had my heart broken three times. Mm-hmm. The first time, the first time it ever happened was so intense. Like it just felt like I wanted to not be here, you know, because it was just yeah. hurt so bad. And you're like, how how can I not be with this person? And he did end it. And that was quite, that was quite an abrupt ending, that one, actually. He's just, just thinking about, you know, retrospectively going back through my past relationships. Um, and it really, I just cried for months on end. I couldn't stop crying. Just remember that, just crying all the time, it being completely out of my control and feeling so desolate and like, I'm never going to meet anyone else. You know, it's not going to happen for me. He was the one, all of mm. that stuff goes through your head. But it's, it's not, he's not the one. He's no. not the one, you no. know? And that's what she understands that she'll see that retrospectively. But right now, but right now she can't. But mate, I really feel like when that, when you, when a relationship ends in this heartbreak like that, it's, it is essentially the same grieving process as when somebody dies. Yes, it is. Because when it is, you're having to remove them from your life. They, yeah. They're gone. You don't get them back. But it's obviously that then, they're not dead but Mm. that that thing that you had together is dead and you have to grieve it and Mm. unfortunately that really horrible bit that she's in now is a part of that process and it's a healthy part of that process even though it doesn't fucking feel like it and she just wants it to end she will get through it yeah and that's the thing to remember And I also think this is the other thing like her saying she's sick and tired of, of of it happening to her and and that level of unfairness like why why me again like why is this happening to me and sometimes I think people can almost like they don't it's it's not validating somebody's feelings so there's probably people in her life that are like oh it will be fine just yeah you know get over it it's fine yeah. just move on and actually it's it's okay to validate this sucks yeah and this is really unfair yeah and no I don't deserve this to happen I'm a good person and I've had a lot of bad things happen to me and I don't deserve them and I think it's like it's totally okay to to feel that yeah you've got to recognize it and you have to you have to feel it. You've got to go through the motions and that's it. It's, you will just go through the motions. And then, yeah. you know what, well, one day you'll wake up and you won't feel as bad. And yeah. then a couple of days later or a couple of weeks later, you'll wake up and then you'll feel like, oh, okay, I'm not actually in that pit of hell anymore. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, before you know it, you'll be on your back getting plowed by a new fella and you'll be like, yeah. how could I ever have thought that he was right for me? Do you know yeah. what I mean? And also, I, I also think sometimes like when a relationship breaks down really quickly and there's no real rhyme or reason to it, that's when you can kind of internalize it and blame yourself for, for it. And then it's not necessarily about you. It is about him. It's about... Yeah he is inadequate to be able to provide you the life that you deserve. And like, and the, the physical attributes of the panic attacks and the, the anxiety and things like that. The thing that I would say is really important for you to do right now. So that you don't spiral further is to put some really strong, healthy boundaries in for yourself of self-care, whether that be deliberately going out for a walk um, on your own. If your son is with your, you know, your husband, um, putting some things in place for you like okay how can I take care of me if my son was experiencing these physical feelings because of something what would I do for him to comfort him to look after him Mm. you now need to kind of inwardly put that back into yourself so what can you do to ease those panic attacks because you don't deserve to suffer with them and it's okay 
to look after yourself right now if anything that's the most important thing you could do yeah exactly and the other thing that I'd be really wary of is him creeping back into your life yes I was thinking the same thing because it's only just happened because also he's very charming so yeah. that, to me like, isn't it very alarm bells I, I, yeah exactly but alarm is, bells. is that depressing I don't know but I just think no mm, I feel like well what else charming. has he got going on in his life to literally yeah. just drop you like something to me doesn't sound right yeah so he's and I know you're boy. going through heartache right now so you probably don't want us to like basically slag this guy off Actually, might be helpful. <laughs> it could be helpful to recognise the fact that he could also be a massive fucking player. Yeah, yeah. And and actually be you've, doing you've, something you've, you've that had will a lucky escape, run. mate. You've had a lucky I feel escape. like you've had a lucky escape. So if he comes back, for fuck's sake, know that Don't you are there. worth more and do not let him back. I know, but I was terrible for that. I was the worst one. It I was just hard, like, yo, mate, yo. Because when someone makes you feel good, it's like, you know, eating a fucking chocolate bar, you know that it's I not know. necessarily and good you know what? And if you, you don't, eat it. if you don't have that connection many times with many people, then you you put so you much sort of emphasis on it. You're like, you're like, oh my God, this is it though. What if this is it? And it's like, no. It and it's also releasing that, the oxytocin, it's releasing all the good chemicals. And like, yeah. when I have sex with him, it feels good. And then like that yearning for that. But yeah. for fuck's sake, just know that if he's going to start doing this, he won't stop and he will continue to fuck around with your heart. Oh, no. You deserve better than that, babe. That's what I learned. That's the that's the one thing if I wish I'd known or, or wish I'd listened to more when, when I was in my 20s is that mm. you cannot change people. No, you, you cannot change people. No matter no. how hard you try, you can't do it. So anyway, well, I think that's good advice. I think so. You'll be all right, so. mate. You will be you all right. And you will get through this. And the fact, the simple fact that you are feeling, feeling it is important because it is part of the process that will make you stronger. It is going yeah. to make you a better person and it will lead you on to healthier, more nourishing relationships in the future. That I will guarantee. Exactly. You will we're not here for you. We're here for you, like babes. We're here for you. Always, always. <laughs> Uh, all right then that we, that was a great agony aunt loved it it was yeah bless her heart hope that's helpful um yeah. and that brings us to the end of another podcast uh if you want to send us in a story please send in your voice notes that's just yeah we yeah, love them they're amazing uh, you can well you can voice note our, our instagram account this is going to throw laura now because i'm talking about the instagram account <sighs> also email stories to our gmail which is uh or our email gmail whatever no holds by podcast at gmail.com or what else can they do laura they can go on over to our Instagram page at No Holes Barred Podcast and they can send us voice notes or handwritten numbers um, into our DMs. Handwritten numbers? What does that you, mean? Well, as in just writing. <laughs> no, no, there's no handwriting, there's typing. There's typing. <laughs> The form of handwritten letters is just to... lost now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, to my PO box address, which will probably take 400 years to fucking get to me. Uh, it's been a joy, a pleasure, as always. Yes, it has. Celebrating. Oh, that looked like I was having a stroke then, but my um, earphones just got caught on my arm. Stroke of what? I don't know, genius. <laughs> uh, we will see you all next week, you slag. See you next Tuesday. See you on next Tuesday. Oh, www.noholesbarredpodcast.com Get your dildos Oh yeah, it's Mother's Day It's Mother's Day And us mums We want two things We want peace and quiet And we want a and we want a good That's shag it. So a good if shag any on our own. listen to this Go to our website Buy a sex toy for your wife Stroke partner Stroke lover 
she will do you know what i did actually see somebody who sent us a message the other day to say thank you so much oh yeah i ordered the sonos it was so fucking good i ordered it for my best friend's birthday oh lovely there you go lovely love anyway we're going we're going we love you goodbye bye